changing it brent yeah <laughs> and a uh, if this podcast doesn't go well he's back at disney world slapping on the sneezy head that's right. old dopey dopey well i thought he said sneezy he did i'm saying oh I would go okay with dopey. all right and that's ski and who am i just a citizen who isn't quite as stupid as everybody thinks he is <laughs> alan <laughs> uh, today we are going to uh, i said it's the golden girls podcast because three of the four goldens are on this episode Correct. um or in this series i should say yeah. Uh, but now we are going over our first episode of The Golden Palace. Mm-hmm. Uh, Golden Palace Episode 1, The Pilot. Yep. Don't need to bother saying what season anymore since there's only <laughs> the one. <laughs> exactly. And because it's a pilot, if history's taught us anything, Ski's given it eight slices. That's right. <laughs> it has not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, today uh, today we're starting Golden Palace. And I don't, I mean, I'll definitely say, so I've gotten through three episodes. You know, I, I think I mentioned it before on this mm-hmm. podcast, but frequently when we get together, we try uh-huh. to go through multiple episodes at a time uh-huh. um, or do multiple recordings at a time. I can say with certainty that I have not seen most of the series, uh-huh. uh, most of this season, yeah. because I, there was one of the episodes that was a bit familiar out of the three, but uh-huh. the, but this one and I think the third one, I don't have any recollection of ever seeing those. Yeah. No, I haven't seen any. I don't think I've ever watched any of the series. So. Oh, okay. Well, so that'll be a little more interesting in a way. I'm going to keep it uh, fresher, I guess. I, I know some of our listeners haven't either, so uh-huh. I, I hope they remain our listeners, yeah. even though we're going over episodes that I they haven't they watched. Listen, watch along with yeah. us. Yeah, I mean, luckily it's a, you know, being on Hulu, Hulu's yeah. a pretty widely um, subscribed to platform, uh-huh. so hopefully they'll, you know, follow along on Hulu if they haven't watched them yet. Yeah, or if not, hopefully they have, you know, 24 burner email addresses, they can get themselves some free trials. All right. <laughs> A burner email? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or at the very least, just one in 12 good hours to get through the whole series. <laughs> but then they can't watch it concurrently with us. Well, that's true, but at least they would have an idea of what we were talking about. Yeah, Take true. your own notes, folks, and then you'll know <laughs> what we're talking about. Um, Nobody has any idea what we're talking about. <laughs> right. So I did think about introducing us as saying we're too old to work this hard. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. But, and I also, before I, came, before I came across the line about that I'm not as stupid as everyone thinks I am, uh-huh. I thought about introducing myself as a rather charming young black man. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, unfortunately. And I do have my Black Panther shirt on today. You so do. I do think you that do. helps. So. You do. But yeah, so today... Appropriation? Uh, check. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's appropriation <laughs> to celebrate a, a, a movie or a character that you're a fan of. Yeah. I just wanted to dig on you. Okay. <laughs> Is it appropriation because I have on my Miles Davis t-shirt? <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, those sound like the words of a person who's trying to... Uh, 
make fun of appropriation, wouldn't you say? Like, it sounds like a person who is... I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like someone who might listen to Joe Rogan. You know, that uh, kind of... Uh... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. well. Would you agree with that statement? I, I would say it sounds like a man who's seen a, a Don Cheadle's biopic of Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about yourself or him? Oh, I thought you were digging on me. No, I'm digging on him oh, for, yeah. for making the jokes. Okay, so yeah. we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, we, we are now. Once I found out he was the punchline, it's like, yeah, we're on the same page. Right. <laughs> I just, I think you're trying to turn it back in on me when I was trying to be somewhat funny to begin with. I'm always trying to turn it back in on you. That's <laughs> exactly. part of our dynamic on this exactly. show. Exactly. Once in a while, Brent takes a swipe at me. Once in a while, I take a swipe at him. <laughs> Once in a while, you get mad. <laughs> By and large, our dynamic is the same as the dynamic has been for the last 30 years in our friendship. Because <laughs> that, you know, we take, you know, playful yet hurtful swipes at you. <laughs> you always hurt the ones you love. Exactly. We must love you a lot. Uh-huh. So. so much love. <laughs> So yeah, but uh, it'll be in my note, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, you you definitely do not strike me as someone that would ever take your own life. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I could see Brent getting not there. on purpose. I could definitely see myself getting there, <laughs> yeah. but I really can't imagine you ever being to that point. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Like the confluence of events that would have to push you that far would be such a horrible, horrible group of things. <laughs> that <laughs> it'd be like. Maybe any one of the uh, would you either or kind of situations you've given me in the past. See, you <laughs> seem to me like I've said before that if um, if there was a zombie apocalypse, I would be very tempted just to take the lives of my family and myself so that none of us had to live through it because mm-hmm. I just feel like it would be such a horrible existence. Mm-hmm. Ski seems like a long time survivor. Like long after everyone he's cared about has died, he's still soldiering on, (laughs) (laughs) trying to work for that better day ahead. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, everybody that he you know knows and cares about, you know, is long dead. Mm. You know, and he's just you know by himself in the post-apocalyptic wasteland. You know, he survived for eighty some years. (laughs) You know, it is down. So an old man now too. That's good. (laughs) Exactly. And then his downfall is he's like, oh, I think that zombie needs a ride. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he'd have to walk otherwise, and it's so far. I haven't seen a set of brains for miles. That reminds me. Sherry sent me an old uh, an old Facebook post that she had made um, that related to ski. It, well, it, it was something that I said that related to ski, yeah. and she posted it to the world or whatever. And ski said that somebody asked for a ride, like a woman asked for a ride, and I said that that wasn't a, a woman. That was a I don't I can't remember. I said that woman was a prostitute, and her house was the dumpster behind the sizzler. And so, <laughs> because that's definitely the kind of, like ski is—he's very generous. It, I agree. It, his most likely situation that'll cause him to die young will be trusting the wrong person. <laughs> uh, we have—I have made some questionable choices in the past. Uh, I remember one time. Uh, specifically, we were helping somebody out when we were at the dome. Actually, mm-hmm. I think it was maybe even on lunch or break. Like we we worked a middle of the night, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it was downtown Indianapolis, mm-hmm. so it's not really a safe area to begin with. Mm-hmm. And someone needed a ride uh, to their house, and we got there, but like 
the house wasn't real close to where we parked. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, it felt sketchy. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the smell? No, I don't believe you so. You and me were in, in my, I think, my car. And we let the guy off. Uh, he said, I'll be right back, I promise. And so he went over to the house. It was a while. We heard you know, people making noises and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it was the middle of the night. It was just a sketchy area. Mm-hmm. And me and Alan very nearly just left. Because <laughs> yeah. we're like, oh, this doesn't seem safe. Mm-hmm. And then within seconds, the guy did show back up. He's like, oh, thanks, man. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. Yeah. And it really is exactly as he like told us. Mm-hmm. But it just felt really yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Like, this guy could come back with a gun and just kill us. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that if anybody does ever capture you, that they at least eat you or something like I that. I hope so, too. I feel like you feel almost kind of good about that. Like, at least I'm nourishing him. <laughs> or her. Women can be cannibals, too. That's absolutely right. <laughs> Waste not, want not. Right. <laughs> so does that mean that they don't eat you, that it's almost an affront to you? Like, oh, you don't want me? What's wrong with me? Right here is a ski burger. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's good for the whole family. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like it's going to be the name of your restaurant, a ski burger. <laughs> Open it up somewhere like at the base of a mountain. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I think we should. I would dine at um, Ski's restaurant, except I don't like the prerequisite where your kids have to sit at a different table. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Only if they misbehave, right? <laughs> <laughs> but hasn't every kid misbehaved at one point or another? <laughs> point taken. <Yeah. laughs> but they are they are allowed to have a glass of water. They are. So they're yeah. not monsters. Exactly. <laughs> Half a glass. Exactly. Let's <laughs> not get out of hand. Well, yeah, yeah, you don't want to have to pee themselves or anything exactly. like that. You don't want to spoil a child. Right. So. All right. Well, Brent is going to be doing our recap today. Correct. Um, I... I know we've probably had some interactions uh, recently, but at least these last couple weeks, uh, there's been people who've liked the Facebook post, but uh-huh. not really much interaction. Yeah. Um, so That's fine. I don't have a lot to report there, but we definitely love hearing from people. Uh, and yeah. People are living their best summers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So hopefully as the school year's starting up, people can catch up on their podcast listening. Yeah. So anyways. Cool. <sighs> All right. Um, I don't know. I don't think I have anything else before this episode starts. So if you want to go, right. go when you're ready. All right. Away, sir. All right, so Golden Girls Season 8, Episode 1, Pilot. Uh, this episode originally, I'm calling it Golden Girls. I don't care what I was about that. to say, I was about to ask, so are we going to be doing that every time that yeah. you do an episode now? <laughs> yeah. I am. Well, okay. Well, I do. said you. I'll do yeah. it the right way, but <laughs> so. I'll call it what it is. All right. Uh, the episode originally aired on September 18th, 1992. It was written by Susan Harris. Uh, she'd previously worked on Soap, Benson, and 177 episodes of The Golden Girls. She did, yes. It was directed by Terry Hughes, who directed 100 episodes of Third Rock from the Sun, as well as 108 episodes of The Golden Girls. <laughs> uh, so the debut of The Golden Palace wasn't the only thing that happened on September 18th. Here's an octet of fun facts you might enjoy. An octet, wow. Yeah. Very nice, so eight fun facts. Correct. All right. Yep. 1837, Tiffany and Company is founded in New York. The store is called a Stationery and Fancy Goods Emporium, which is what Ski and I call the Walgreens. That's right. (laughs) Very fancy indeed. Exactly. Uh, 1838, uh, Richard Cobden established the Anti-Corn Law League. Uh, Their objective was to overthrow England's unjust regulations related to the import and export of grain. As someone who's exported his fair share of corn, I applaud his efforts. <laughs> I poop. Ah, okay. 
<laughs> I just I, I was looking for the joke. I, yeah. <laughs> I could tell you were. I think I'll just lay it out there. <laughs> 1862, uh, the Confederate States celebrate their first and only Thanksgiving Day. Ah. I'd like to think that they decided to celebrate Thanksgiving in September uh, because they weren't sure if they'd be around in November. Mm. <laughs> Alas, they did manage to hang on a little bit longer. And I think that if you're going to hang a Confederate flag, you should be forced to eat your turkey in September and in your place of employment's cafeteria. <laughs> uh, I would agree with that, yeah. yeah. I think if you're hanging the Confederate flag, then you don't get any federal holidays. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's just another Thursday you eat turkey in September. Right. So, 1870, a geyser was first observed by Henry D. Washburn. Uh, with a name like Henry D. Washburn, you know he's white. And because you know he's white, you know that he was the one who got to name it. In case you're wondering, he went with Old Faithful. Ah, okay. Very nice. I was wondering, because when you said that a, a geyser was first seen by him, I'm like, Surely someone saw a guy yeah. before yeah. 18. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time a white guy had seen it. Ah. <laughs> so, or seen that particular one. Right. Uh, 1905, America's third most favorite Swede, Greta Garbo, was born. Obviously, spots one and two are taken by Numi and the Swedish chef, respectively. Oh. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Mm -hmm. So then you would say that Greta Garbo, as far as all um, live-action celebrities... Uh, or oh, living celebrities, I guess. we Not living, you know what I'm saying. Celebrities that were alive at one point. You'd call her the number one Swede of all time? Uh, yeah. Uh, or most famous. Swedish, most famous. Or, okay. You mentioned the Swedish chef. Well, you said favorite, not most famous. Yeah, it was a typo in my thing here. Oh, I meant okay. to say famous. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Or maybe it's, I guess it'd be favorite. Yeah, favorite, because okay. I, I switched it to Numi. I mean, I don't know who else would be on that list as far as celebrities go, to be honest. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know too many Swedes. Yeah. Outside of Numi. Anywho, 1917, uh, legendary actress and voice artist June Foray was born. Uh, we don't have time to list her credits, but if you've enjoyed a cartoon in the last 100 years, June was involved in some manner. I'd like to give a special shout-out to the happy little elf and the receptionist for the rubber baby buggy bumper babysitting service. Oh, very nice. Uh, 1933, uh, the greatest calliope player the world has ever known, Fred Willard, was born. <laughs> And 1970, American singer-songwriter Jimi Hendrix died. If someone could go pick up his dog, it'd be appreciated. <laughs> you gotta explain that one. I don't get it. You get it? Well, I mean, I remember Jimi Hendrix's dog from the Simpsons episode, yeah. where yeah, yeah. he was this old, you know, drugged-out dog. <laughs> okay. 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 And uh, like the hippies are like, uh, tell him to pick up his dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, even though he'd been dead for I did not only remember 28 that. years at the time, or something. <laughs> I'll check it out after we are uh, done. a good recording. episode, too. Isn't that where the, the Ben and Jerry's type yeah, yeah. people? Yeah. yeah, and I think it's um, Fred Willard's in that one, too. Oh, is he? Him and Martin Mull are the two. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Or well, maybe it's Martin Mull and Ed Bagley Jr. Either way, still yeah. solid. Not as, not as solid, but still yeah. solid. Yeah, so. You know, in doing the math, like, the time frame from Hendrix dying to that episode mm -hmm. is probably shorter than the time episode from that episode airing to right now. Yeah, that's probably true, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are at a point where we're almost at exactly 30 years from the time these episodes air to the time yeah. our episodes are airing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're what, season 33? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. All right, so if we're going to do this, I guess we should start at the beginning. We got ourselves some brand new opening credits and a new version of the theme song. Susan Harris is letting us know right off the bat that this ain't your grandma's Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be very, very, very clear about this. I definitely prefer the original version of the song and the previous credits. 
With that being said, I applaud the fact that they switched them up and didn't just insert random clips of the new cast members into the previous credits. <laughs> <laughs> like, just have yeah. Oliver just running in the background. Exactly. <laughs> so. so I don't like it at all, but good job. Right. <laughs> so we're not going to get into the Goldens moments in the new credits. Uh, we'll just say that they're new to us, and they give us a sneak peek into the shenanigans we'll be seeing this season. I will point out... You think they're all from season one? <laughs> exactly. It's um, basically just a clip show to an episode we'll never see. Right. Right. So, I do want to point out that the new credits give us our first look at the new characters. We've got a possible scroll working the front desk, a fresh-faced <laughs> youngster. Scroll. Yeah. <laughs> a fresh-faced youngster playing the Latino cook, and the poor man's <laughs> and the poor man's cousin Oliver trying to bring in the youth demographic. <laughs> Uh, so as for the new version of the beloved theme song, I like that they went with the uh, with Oliver as the name for the orphan. Exactly. <laughs> well, well he's, I guess technically his his mom's still alive, right? Yeah, and he but has she, a foster parent. Yeah. yeah well, so. I'm just saying, like semi orphaned. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So anyway, as of the new for the new version of the theme song, it'll never be good as the original. But after a dozen listens, it's starting to grow on me. Uh, the new version is sung by Three Dog Night vocalist Chuck Negron. Uh, we've spoken of my love of Three Dog Nights, uh, Eli's Coming in the past, so I should probably mention that Chuck didn't sing that one, so my appreciation of his efforts here aren't biased by my love of Eli and his oh. inveterate womanizing. Uh, <laughs> speaking of awesome Three Dog Nights songs that Chuck didn't sing, he also didn't sing Shambhala. And if you've watched Lost and you saw the scene where Hurley jumpstarts the Dharma van and cruises through the island's golf course, then you know how badass that song is. <laughs> and just so you know... Uh, deep cut with a deeper cut. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I know I'm wrong. I loved Lost. But you like this one scene, one time in Lost? Wasn't it a great scene, though? I mean, I barely... I don't remember the song. Oh, my God. So good. You need to pull up the YouTubes. Let's watch that. Uh, but just so you know, Chuck did make some contributions to the Three Dog Night discography. He sang lead on an old-fashioned love song, Joy to the World, and won. So the man had some hits, albeit many, many, many years before he checked into the Golden Palace. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, so the episode itself starts with a familiar bumper tune and an external shot of the Golden's abode. We see a sold sign in the front yard, and we realize that KGM Realty has some explaining to do. Feel free to call them at 305-555-7529 and ask them how they sleep at night. (laughs) We return to the Golden's living room one last time, and we see that the furniture is almost completely gone and that the laugh track has been turned up way too loud. (laughs) There's a funny moment as Blanche's bed is taken away to the Smithsonian, and after after Blanche reminds us of some of the men who've ridden, um, we're given a nice shout out to Rose by Rose to the Boswell sisters' 1933 hit, The Gold Diggers. It includes the lines, rich man, poor man, beggar man, thief, doctor, lawyer, Indian chief. I'll admit that I'm ignorant of the Boswell sisters, but I know me some Bob Dylan. And his song Moonlight featured what I now know as a Boswell sisters homage in doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, it takes a thief to catch a thief. Hearing Blanche's body talk convinces Rose that she cannot leave. Her and Blanche and Sophia park themselves on the couch and, after calming Rose slightly, they're carried out and into a commercial break by four burly men. There's a bit of awkwardness between the audio and the fade to black and the transition to the next scene, but we'll forgive it because it's a pilot episode. It's not like they had 177 trial runs to work out the kinks. Yeah, no, they're just going from scratch. Yeah. So, okay, so Bob Dylan had a song. Now, when you say homage, like, obviously there was a changes in that, right? Uh, the first line was the same. The second line, 
kept sort of like the rhyme, but he just tweaked it a bit. Okay. Do you know if he credited them on that song? No, he did not. Okay. So doesn't it seem a little hypocritical that he sued Hootie and the Blowfish for using a line from his song? They took like four lines. Ah, still. You know. I, I think it's still a bit hypocritical. No. <laughs> no. Night and day. I don't think so. You're just saying that because you love Bob Dylan. You don't, <laughs> I don't care about Hootie and the Blowfish. I like Hootie. I like Hootie as much as the next guy. Not as much as Bob Dylan. Well, correct. <laughs> nobody likes Hootie as much as they like Bob Dylan. I'm sure that Darius Rucker's mom does. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> if she if she loved that boy, she'd have given him a better name. Ah. <laughs> so do you feel like... If... <laughs> What's wrong with Darius? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Darius is, I think, a fine name. but um... Wait, So you think Darius is his Christian name and not Hootie? Just as I believe those are actually men that are backing him up and not blowfish. (laughs) But um, I don't know. I feel like he's never seen Cinderella. It's clear that you know Mm, the fairy godmother came to Darius, Mm -hmm. said, "I'll give you you know a a band." Mm -hmm. Found some blowfish, (laughs) turned them to humans temporarily. They played yeah. instruments. And then that's why he eventually had to go off on his own because yeah. the spell yeah. broke. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. The I 90s in, or the but... 2000s or whatever. In... <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't think I have anything else to ask. Yeah, about the opening credits. You like them? I, I didn't like the song as well. I mean, I, I thought it was fine. I was. Is told... it growing on you, though? I mean, not really. I, I skip really? the song now as oh. opposed to uh, by the third episode, I was skipping the song. See, you, you do that too. Oh, you watch everything like three and a half times the normal speed. Um, I mean, I watch it all the way through. Like, do you watch the, the opening time. credits? Yeah. Every episode? Mm-hmm. Hey, good. So. Good man. <laughs> this is make him a good man. <laughs> <laughs> he watches the show the way the good Lord intended. <laughs> I don't think the good Lord had anything to do with him changing the opening theme <laughs> to a different version. No, but TV shows have an opening credit so you can watch through and get yourself in the right mindset. Uh, I don't know. Well... I guess because I normally will watch them consecutively, so mm-hmm. I'm already in the TV watching mindset by the time I'm getting. Well, to no, them. but yeah. then it's also a palate cleanser between the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you watch the closing credits too? Well, yeah, because sometimes there could be a yeah, little okay. uh, bumper there, yeah. you know, kind of credit scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you don't use like that opening credits to sort of center yourself and get ready. I don't know. I think I'm able to move on more easily than you <laughs> from one to the next. Well, a lot <laughs> of shows, especially on like Netflix now. We'll have an option to just completely skip the front entrance. Yeah. Like, especially if it's a every episode, you've got the same entrance. Yeah. You know? yeah. If it's a skip opening or something, you go straight to the yeah. show itself. Now, there's other shows like I'm, me and Nicole are watching Better Call Saul now. Okay. And the, that show, I mean, you guys have both seen it, right? Mm-hmm. It could be like five minutes of content mm-hmm. yeah. before the little opening, right? Yeah. So you definitely don't want to skip that, that one. No. Oh, okay. Oh. You said, yeah, here's the liar. No, I was just acknowledging what they were watching. Well, you said you've both seen that, and you said, yeah. No, I thought he was talking about like the feature of being able to skip the credits. Oh, oh no. Sorry. No, I meant the show. But... No, no. <clears throat> no. Fair enough. I, I would have been surprised, because I know you mm-hmm. haven't watched Breaking Bad. That's probably yeah. the most glaring omission on your TV. But uh, I will have you know that um, the wife and I, we started watching The Ozarks. Oh, really? Yeah, so we're really enjoying it. Is that good? Mm-hmm. Nicole's watched that, I think, by herself. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and they have like the opening credits, like like when the logo comes up, it's slightly different each time, and it gives oh, a little yeah? foreshadowing of That's what's going cool. on. Like um, within the center of the O, there'll be four little uh, pictograms, and it's sort of like something that ties into. Oh yeah, it's so, yeah. kind of a hint to what's going on. Exactly, it's like oh, well, I'll be on the lookout for some swimming goggles or you know whatever. <laughs> Do you and Helena ever pause it at that point and then try to 
figure out what the episode's going to be about <laughs> based on the four pictograms. So, <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, um, I think this week uh, Marty and Wendy Ozark are going to go boating. <laughs> you, should, you should place bets at the beginning, and then whoever's closest <laughs> with the uh, synopsis. <clears throat> yeah, whoever gets all four out of four <laughs> wins the prize. I like that you just assign Ozark as their last name. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've not seen an episode, so he, I thought that was their name. No. <laughs> That's why I was going to do a whole bit. No. <laughs> Marty and Wendy Ozark. That's I, why I was calling the show The Ozarks. Uh, oh, as opposed to just Ozark? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was going to do a whole thing with him. <laughs> you could have rolled me on that one. I was trying to do the long con on <laughs> Exactly. Hey, wait a minute. I saw that show now. Near the end of the season, give him a T-shirt that says Marty Ozark on it. Exactly. Good stuff. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I like the opening fine, um, uh-huh. but it just, I, I'd certainly prefer the original opening. Yeah. I'll I would concur. I think it's a good, like the singer's good, right? He's a, oh, yeah, Chuck Negron. Yeah, Who's in Three Dog Night? I heard that. <laughs> Recently, I want to say. Yeah, but I think it... it in all honesty, I think Brent's love of it is a little colored by his love of another member of Three Dog Night. Who's that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember just enough to say that. But Ernie Kopax. I, yeah. I, forget. <clears throat> I forget which member sang the lead vocal to Eli's Coming. Mm. So. <clears throat> and honestly, I just assumed that like Three Dog Night had one singer, but apparently they have three lead vocalists. Okay, I honestly thought, because I didn't remember that much, that the singer that you were referring to's name was Eli Cummins. Then <laughs> 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 you were talking about your love of him. Oh. You know, Eli Cummins. <laughs> no. The song, Eli's Coming, Hide I'm, Your Heart Girl. I mean, I remember vaguely talking about that on <laughs> yeah. an episode, but I don't think I've ever heard that song. Oh, that's a good one. So, After we good. watched the uh, YouTubes on uh, The Lost Shambhala. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Surely they did a music video for Eli's coming. Yeah, we're going to have a long night ahead of us after the recording. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'll uh, cut out some scenes and we'll get through this quicker. Yeah, there wasn't really anything, though, in that opening scene mm-hmm. that stood out as far as... I thought it was a fine way to transition from one series to the next. Yeah. Uh, but there wasn't anything that... You know, the little part about the you know Blanche's bed could talk and that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it was humorous. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it have laryngitis. Yeah. I like that, song, that line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the second scene starts with an external shot of the Golden Palace, the actual hotel, and then we see the lobby, a young Don Cheadle, and a boy who was probably hired because he resembled Joey and or Matthew Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, we discover that Don Cheadle's been running the place, but before we can ask if Golden Palace is actually a prequel to Hotel Rhonda, we learn that his name is Roland in this one. Uh, we also learn that the kid is named Oliver, and he's got a reverse Webster thing going on with Roland. Did you say Hotel Rhonda? Yeah. Is Rwanda. He Rwanda. means Hotel Rwanda. I mean, I know that's what he meant, but I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out if he said it intentionally that way or not intentionally no, that way. No, I just way. mispronounced it. Oh, that's almost yeah. a shame. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> just flying through the things. I'm sorry. If, it, if, he, said it, if he said it, Rwanda. Is on it purpose, Rwanda? there's probably a good backstory behind it. Yeah, well, I just figure he's fucking with us again, just like with <laughs> Marty Ozarks. Ozarks. <laughs> good old Marty. And Wendy. Right, yeah. You know. Anyways, hotel Rwanda, 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 Rwanda. Yeah. Okay. Never had to say it out loud before. So. I mean, I believe it refers to the country. Yeah, probably so. so. I've not seen the movie though. Okay. Would have been so much easier if they just said it in Chad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> they really weren't thinking it through, were they? <laughs> they were not. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Hotel Chad sounds like a porno. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> so maybe they got it right after all. Yeah. I, mean, I think it did well at the award shows anyway. So. It did. It did. Um, it beat out my Temple Grandin, but everything yeah, did. Exactly. Yeah. So, so Roland's nervous because he thinks the Goldens are experienced hoteliers and they're going to shit can him the first chance they get. Uh, the Goldens arrive at their palace and are finally introduced to Roland. Apparently at no point in their due diligence did they consider stopping by to say hello. Roland tells them that he can put them up for a night, but that starting tomorrow there'll be no room at the inn. Sophia asks if he knows who they are, and he says the Pointer Sisters. It's a nice call back to when the Del Rubio triplets covered the Pointer Sisters Neutron Dance back in Season 4, I Episode 17. I thought that too. Mm-hmm. you got to have hope. Thank you. <coughs> I was I was hoping when like because I was saying the pointer sisters like oh they should have said the old Rubio sisters mm-hmm. I thought that would have been funnier but yeah that would have been good it would have been great but at the same time it would have been a a so much less well known reference so I think I've got no Agreed. problem with deep cuts <laughs> well I know you don't <laughs> but <laughs> unfortunately some very, of the very viewing people, audience might <laughs> very few people have gotten yeah. the the joke yeah. right you don't get 16 million viewers with Del Rubio chocolate jokes <laughs> right <laughs> uh, so Blanche and Roland have a quick exchange about all the various roles he has to fill at the hotel and gradually you know he loses his patience with her we get an even better exchange where he asks Blanche some questions about her experience in hotels, and Estelle Getty makes a meal out of her reactions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the back half of the exchange is kind of funny, but the best part of the entire scene is just watching Don Cheadle. Perhaps because I don't think I've ever seen him do a legit comedy, I wasn't sure what to expect, but he's definitely a solid choice, and I can see why they cast him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sophia goes off to speak to the kitchen staff and Rose goes looking for the housekeeper. Oliver introduces himself to Blanche and we learn that his deadbeat mom left him shortly after his dad killed a man. This ain't the darkest the Goldens have ever gone, but it does seem like an unnecessarily brutal backstory. Yeah. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, yeah, it's just it's an odd thing to play for comedy. <laughs> you know, that it's like <laughs> this gets tragic Manslaughter. backstory. Exactly. Yeah. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go hose out the garbage dumpster. So <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Silver> for 50 cents. <laughs> no, a quarter. A yeah, quarter. right. Yeah. Uh, so the Goldens all make their way to the kitchen, and we meet Coco 2.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, their latest Latino cook is named Chewy, and he doesn't take kindly to interlopers in the kitchen. He gets in a funny line about breaking piñatas bigger than Sophia, and Estelle Getty responds with a great facial reaction. Uh, Chewie tells the Goldens that Roland made him promises about the kitchen and that when a man makes another man a promise, it can go one of two ways. It's initially a funny line until you consider the second way the promise can go. One day you're promised that if you follow your creativity, monetary success will follow. Next day you're learning that actually there isn't any money to be made in podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) I promised nothing ever. (laughs) (laughs) So the scene ends with the fiery Latino following in Coco's footsteps and leaving the Golden's Kitchen for Better Pastures. Anything to add to that? I'm trying to think. I mean, I have a line that I have written down here that Jen mentioned, but I'm not sure if... uh, I'm not sure if this is one that we've already come to or not, um, okay. and if you just skipped over. But uh, Blanche has something about a chain. She says, "Honey, the only chain I was ever a part oh, of, I'm sucks. not going to tell you about." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty great. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's coming up. Um, three paragraphs, four paragraphs. I don't know. Wow, we got a while. 
So, yeah. I mean, I'll say this. So, so far now, we've met all three of the new cast members. Uh -huh. um, Two-thirds of them are solid additions. Yeah. Then there's Oliver. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I would agree that uh, Don Cheadle would not have been someone who I would have necessarily, I mean, at least my current knowledge of him would have uh -huh. thought of for that role, uh -huh. per se. But yeah. I think he's really solid yeah, uh, so yeah. far. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because, really, um, you know, Cheech, a.k.a. Chewy, uh -huh. uh, he didn't have a ton of other like non Cheech and uh -huh. Chong acting experience yeah. prior to getting that role, but yeah. he had a ton of it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that one really kind of helped break know. him out of when, that tight cast mold. Exactly. Do you guys have any idea when the last Cheech and Chong movie came out? I mean, yeah. I think they made one kind of recently, yeah, a couple years ago. -ish. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Well, okay. Like we'll say before Golden Palace, like how recent he came off that into other yeah, roles. Like eight. Nine years, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah in the early 80s, I would say. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. Good mm -hmm. enough uh, middle scene. Yep. So, the next scene starts off in Roland's office. Uh, Blanche is on the telephone, and once again, we're hearing about how hard she's been screwed. Uh, she hangs <laughs> up on her attorney, and we learn the previous owners misrepresented the viability of the hotel. Don Cheadle tells Blanche that things are so dire, uh, there's a chance he may end up working for Disney. He does not like that possible future, but he might like it better if he found out he'd be replacing Terrence Howard in the sneezy head. Right. <laughs> 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 you like that one? Yeah, that was good. Because <laughs> Terrence Howard thought no one could play sneezy better than him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I own this role. So entitled. Right. Yeah. He is a good actor, though. Yeah, he is. Uh, but, Terrence but Howard? Yeah, I think uh, he is. No, he is. Nah, and he's okay. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a good actor, but I wouldn't like go over the top with it. I think that Don Cheadle's a better actual oh, fit for that role. Yeah, so. yeah, I think he's better for everything. You know. Uh, so Blanche goes to tell the uh, other Goldens about their latest get-rich-quick misfortune. Uh, before she departs, uh, she reacts to a chain-based comment by telling Roland. Uh, that she likes some privacy pertaining to the pervy position she was previously privy to. Mm. Um, <laughs> a lot of peas. Yeah, a lot of alliteration. <laughs> uh, Blanche goes to the kitchen and tells the other Goldens that they're broke, and apparently the previous owners didn't leave them any money to pay people. Not sure exactly how that works, but buying the previous owner's savings seems like an odd thing to expect in a business transaction. Yeah, the whole thing, it, I mean... I'm I, certain that that's fraud. I'm yeah. certain if, if I mean, she was talking to her lawyer saying, how can I not get out of this? I'm quite certain they probably could press charges, no problem. Yeah, I mean, Depends I realized that they had to come up with a way to like put them in this situation and have it be a little bit dire so they had to you know work yeah. in there. They had to do something to set up the predicament. Yeah. And um, to keep up, have to hire new cast members. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's so much of it, though, where it's like... It really is a big suspension of disbelief that they're asking for. Because <laughs> yeah. the whole idea that you take over this hotel and the debt that the hotel mm -hmm. owns and don't know what the circumstances yeah. are about the cash flow and the debt. Yeah. Like, it seems like everyone is at fault to some degree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like there wasn't... Obviously, there was the fraudulent aspect of it, but there well, was a real shitty lawyer. And, um, well, I will, I will say, know. though, it seems right on par with the amount of research that the Goldens do. <laughs> well, Fair, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that... Yeah, you got to suspend disbelief until you realize we're talking about Blanche, you know, because Blanche asked her attorney, she's like, well, what do I get for my money? And they're like, a hotel and two people of color. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and she's like, well, that makes sense. And a child. <laughs> exactly. A child laborer, yeah. Exactly. A true southern belle. <laughs> exactly. So that checks out. 
All right. Uh, all right. So the Ever Goldens. Uh, Why didn't she rename it uh, Hotel Hollingsworth? So the other Goldens uh, mentioned Dorothy and her ability to kick Blanche's ass. It seems like they could have also mentioned her well-to-do husband and the possibility of him becoming a silent partner in their latest endeavor. But perhaps they know that Dorothy has his hardware store fortune tied up in minks. Right. Uh, (laughs) Got to put that money somewhere. Exactly. Uh, Blanche gives the other Goldens some straight talk about how they have no choice but to work hard and how, if they do... They'll be singing her hosannas at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Her speech reminds the other Goldens about how much they can accomplish if they put their minds to it. And Rose uses her newfound confidence to remind Sophia that the two of them can kick Blanche's ass. Yeah. It's a nice moment of empowerment for Rose, and I wish we got more of them. Yeah, that was solid. Yeah. Uh, anything else in that little scene there? No, I mean, you got the things that, you know, both the things that I had noticed uh, mm-hmm. as far as good lines. Yeah. Agreed. Cool. All right, uh, so we transition to the lobby, and we learn that the pool boy ain't been paid. Uh, Blanche turns on the charm, and he offers to let her float for another month. Uh, Roland is disgusted by the whole thing. He's got a lot to learn about Blanche. Uh, we transition to later that night and learn that every hotel guest has eaten in the dining room. Lauren knows the best part about traveling to a new city is the ability to stay within the confines of your hotel. <laughs> right, especially <laughs> Miami, which doesn't exactly. have much cultural. Or, yeah, you know. not a lot going on there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we learn that Sophia's cooking is getting a lot of feedback from a male Karen. Uh, just as a side note, a male Karen used to be called a Ken, but I wonder if that's changed because Ken is currently having a moment. Uh. <laughs> so, any dang way, uh, Sophia returns the exact same lamb, ch- lamb chop to the male Karen and, after turning on the charm, makes things right. Next time, she should avoid all that hassle by sticking with either Italian food or a loin of pork. <laughs> uh, we then transition to, I imagine, much later that same night, uh, Rose is alone at the front desk when a masked robber enters the Golden's Palace. She plays dumb and sends him on his way. We get a nice moment of serious Rose, providing a description of the would-be thief. If the moment would have ended with her finding out she'd called 411, it would have been perfect, as is they tried to take it one joke further and went one joke too far. <laughs> How do you mean? Isn't that the exact joke they did? Well, then she was like, so what's the what's number the for 911? Oh, yeah. okay. So that was uh, where you yeah. felt like they took it. I will extra. say, though, that that like, scene is my favorite from this episode. Well, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, the whole scene is really good, but I'll agree with you. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't need to roll back her intelligent Rose moment. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. So the next scene is back in the kitchen. Uh, the mustachioed Chewy returns to the kitchen, and at first, Sophia mistakes him for Dorothy. Poor B. Arthur cannot catch a break from the writers. Uh, Chewie tells Sophia about his trials and tribulations, and when she tells him to try harder, he lays it on as thick as mayo on a torta. That's all Sophia needed to hear, and he's brought back on board. Honestly, with his salary plus free lodging, Chewie is doing all right for himself. Heck yeah. Especially since he probably gets free food as well. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, we don't know what he makes, but yeah, still, yeah. If, theoretically, if your room and board is taken care of, that's exactly. a pretty, pretty good start. It's not like he needs a car in Miami. Yeah. So, you know pure profit. Mm-hmm. So we transition to the dining room and the Goldens admitting that they enjoyed all of the hard work they've had to do. Sophia tries to claim that it almost killed her and there's a nice moment where Blanche tells her that nothing could kill her. Sophia claims that corn could and I guess the spirit of Richard Cobden lives on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche, Rose, and Sophia admit they enjoy having a purpose and the body of the episode ends with the Goldens toasting their future adventures together. It's a really nice moment. And then we do get a bonus scene during the end credits. Uh, Roland's with his homies, and they're sitting around the kitchen table getting ready to enjoy some cheesecake. Chewie and Oliver ask to hear about St. Olaf, and we get one last laugh when Sophia calls them rookies. Hmm. Yep, that was a good ending. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I would say that uh, they're. I hope they continue that throughout the whole se- the season of uh-huh. doing their little uh, you know button at the end. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think it definitely tends to be pretty solid. Yeah. So. All right. Did you guys before I go into guest actors? Did you have anything to add about the uh, the episode so far? Um. I mean, obviously, we'll do our ratings, and you can kind of yeah, expound yeah, yeah. on your feelings on it and whatnot. But yeah. well, no. In that case, just keep. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anything that you felt like he missed or anything like that there at the end? No, I thought he did a real good job recapping. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, so always, always, uh, I always love your uh, succinctness no, and uh, some of the uh, hidden jokes. No, thank you. Well, I will mention um, a couple. I'll mention Don Cheadle and uh, Cheech Marin this yeah. time when I'm doing guest actors, mm-hmm. even though they're regular parts. Yeah. Um, I will... Probably bring up every time Billy L. Sullivan is in there as Oliver because mm-hmm. he's only in eight of the episodes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, but the other two are in every episode of this. So, like in the eighth episode, him hitting puberty, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, you have aged out." Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we had a. He goes back to his home planet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we had, a, of course, Don Chadle playing uh, Roland Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has 396 titles to his name, mm-hmm. but only 106 as an actor. I'm not sure what all of his mm-hmm. other work is, and maybe just himself on different talk shows and things like mm-hmm. that, I think, uh, count a lot. Yeah, he directs and stuff. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, his, uh, I think the thing he's currently most well-known for is his role as uh, James Rhodey Rhodes mm-hmm. uh, on the Marvel Cinematic Cinema, Universe, yeah. television yeah. shows, and movies. Yeah. I didn't bother to put all of those down, but he's Have you guys watched Secret Wars yet? Secret Invasion? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Secret Invasion. <laughs> I have not yet. I'm. I have not either. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm assuming the joke you made earlier was in reference to that, though. I just said he was a possible scroll. Yeah. Okay. Everybody is honestly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I went back and forth if that was a spoiler or not. <laughs> nope. But uh, in, in addition to the MCU, he's also in 58 episodes of House of Lies. Have you ever watched that? I've not. Neither have I. It uh, is good. It's, it's on Showtime. Kristen Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That's actually one of my favorite Don Cheadle roles. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, oh, in House of Lies? Mm-hmm. Oh, they play like a consultant team, mm-hmm. and they're just like problem solvers, but they're like high high dollar value. Hmm. Basically, they roll into different uh, businesses, so it's kind of like a, a vignette each episode oh, okay. of sorts. They're, I think it's been a long time since I've seen it, but if I recall correctly, they're kind of loosely tied as one long like uh, storyline. Like it evolves over time. Okay. But you, if you just watched one in the middle, you wouldn't be totally lost. Oh, okay. Um, well, he was also in. A, I always like to mention when there's Simpsons. Uh, he was in a season eleven, episode eleven. Brother, he was Brother Faith in uh, the episode Faith Off. And then he was in all, all three of the Oceans movies: Oceans Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen. Uh-huh. Of yep. course, Brent knows because he has all the Oceans Twelve merchandise in his basement. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all in on the Twelve, right? right. <laughs> Largest collection this side of Staten Island. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have any Oceans Eleven stuff? What? <laughs> Oceans Twelve, man. Twelve. Well, they had Thirteen too. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's too too many. Eleven's too few. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Then we had, uh, of course, Cheech Marin. He played Chewy Castillos. Mm-hmm. Uh, 434 titles for him, 161 of those as an actor. He is a, I didn't realize this, he's like a Disney legend. Because uh, mm-hmm. yeah. he was Ramon in all the Cars movies and yeah. all the associated yeah. Cars, you know, shows as well. Yeah. Uh, but he was also in Coco, uh, mm-hmm. The Lion King, Oliver yep. and Company. Uh, the, the new Lion King or the original? Uh, the original. Yeah, he was one of the Bonsai. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg and him mm-hmm. and... 
Um, he was also in, he's in Eleanor of Avalor, which is not, or Elena of Avalor, which I haven't <laughs> seen, but it's one of the fairly popular Disney mm-hmm. cartoons. Like, like TV shows? Yeah, recent Disney cartoons um, yeah, for, for the young set. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was in three episodes of Lost uh-huh. as David Reyes. Uh-huh. 120 episodes of Nash Bridges. Is like Hurley's dad? Yep, I believe mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he was also in an episode of The Simpsons as himself. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a Midsummer's Nice Dream mm. or Nice Dreams. <laughs> yeah. um, so that was pretty great since we just well, recently had that episode. Movies, right? yeah. Isn't yeah. that one of the show movies? Yeah. Nice mm-hmm. Dreams? Yep. Then, uh, of course, we had uh, Billy L. Sullivan as Oliver. Uh, Oliver Webb, I believe, is his name. Eight credits. Oh, 26 <laughs> titles. <laughs> 26 titles is his name. This is his first of eight Golden Girls. So I will mention him as we count down his. Uh, eventual leaving this not Golden Girls but Golden Palace. <laughs> I mean, uh, he was in Goodfellas, um, and oh, he wow. was in a uh, two episodes of the. Uh, I don't know. He was in something else too. Goodfellas would have been much after this, just a couple of years, really. Yeah, sure about the same time. Then we had a uh, Tommy Lagrua. Uh, he was the uh, thief. Was yeah the thief, and this is his only Golden Palace. But he was in two episodes of the Golden. You know, Girls. he could have been in a lot more, and they wouldn't. <laughs> right, yeah, that's true. Um, and, and with that mask on, they could recast him later as a doctor or a lawyer or an Indian chief. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then uh, we had a... Or unmasked thief. <laughs> yes. Um, I guess so. It's <laughs> <laughs> another way of going. Yeah. <laughs> kind of typecast a little bit then. <laughs> Unless it was a masked lawyer, a mask. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think you were like... Um, like a domino mask, like an old-timey bandit. Right, yeah. <laughs> Just a bag with a dollar sign on the side. Right. <laughs> Put everything in the bag, yeah. Exactly. No uh, one gets hurt. <laughs> we also had a <laughs> Stephen James Carver. Um, he played Brad. This is his first of two Golden Palace episodes. Only 15 credits to him, but two of them were Star Wars, or Star Trek ones, mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, he was in two episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation, as two different characters, uh, Taor and Helmsman, and then one episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. As a, I can't, I didn't write down that uh, character he played. And then finally, we had Lee Ryan. He played Man Number One. Mm. Uh, Fifty-four titles for him. This was his only golden appearance. Um, he was in a third rock. He was in a lot of things. Like he was in a lot of the best shows of the 80s, or at mm-hmm. least big shows of the 80s. I won't go as far as say best, but uh, mm-hmm. my sister Sam, mm-hmm. Alf. Uh, mm-hmm. T.J. Hooker, um, Cheers, Knight Rider. uh, So, yeah, it was in his list. Airwolf um, was another one. So he had a solid, solid, although relatively short career. Airwolf, the Knight Rider of the sky. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird because they do list Bobcat Goldthwait as being in this episode Uh on the IMDb, but he clearly wasn't. I mean, he's the star of the next one, or the, you know, whatever you want to call it. Home star. Guest star of the next one. Yeah. Um, But... On IMDb, it shows him as being in two episodes. Yeah. Although he, I, there's part of me I almost wonder was he cut from this episode originally? Mm. But that wouldn't have made sense with yeah. the storyline. So I don't know. It's an odd mistake. Yeah. Um, you would think that the people who fact checked IMDb would be working a little harder. <laughs> One would think. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so Ski, who got your MVP for the very first episode of Golden Palace? Oh, I got it. Right out here. Okay. Well, um, it's pronounced Segoya. <laughs> say what? What'd you say? It's pronounced Segoya. Segoya. Uh, I picked uh, Rose. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I liked it. her uh, story arc. 
Yeah, I thought Rose was the best one in this episode. Also, I, I gave her my MVP too. Um, I, I, I thought that Don Cheadle. I thought that uh, was his name again. Roland. Roland got mm-hmm. off to a good start, but then they didn't use him that much um, mm-hmm. throughout a lot of the rest of the episode. And so, yeah, I went with Rose also. Uh, how about you, Brent? Same. I went with Rose. I mean, I really, I came really, really close to giving it to Don Cheadle just because I was really impressed. Because like, like you see him looking that young, mm-hmm. and like. If this would have been like the only thing he ever would have done, mm-hmm. then I probably would have been like, "Oh, I guess he was like you know the poor man's Kadeem Hardison or whatever." Yeah. But because he did have like such a great career, you know, I'm just sort of looking at it. I can't help but look at it differently, right? You know, and sort of realizing that, well, he was definitely acting there, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I thought he was solid. Did you feel like there was supposed to be some? either racist or ageist undertones to his first interaction with Blanche where she's like, well, you know, you couldn't be the boss, basically. Like, she keeps asking for someone else yeah. that would be above. Like, it felt uncomfortable to me. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but, I mean, he was, like, 30-ish at the yeah, time. Yeah, he wasn't like a kid. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like he was Oliver. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Come on, little guy. He wasn't standing really on three phone charge. books. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I agree. I thought it was the, uh, the Southern... You know, the racist dinner that was I mean, it, coming out again. I don't want to, like, overstep. It wasn't blatantly by any means, but there was just something under it that felt a little uncomfortable to it me. Did. Well, I mean, he was at the freaking front desk. Yeah. He was in a, like, tie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Button-up shirt. I mean, it looked like a guy in charge to me. Yeah, I would agree. So how many slices of cheesecake did this first episode get? I gave it five. Five? That's I fair. thought it was a good episode. Like, I liked it, but I didn't think it was anything... Fantastic. Sure. Mm-hmm. What about you, Brent? I gave it six. six. You know, I think it did everything it needed to do. It sort of like, you know, explained the new normal, mm. you know, and introduced the characters and everything and sort of explained, well, why are they just these, you know, seven people around? Right. Yeah, I gave it a six also. I thought it was a good setup. I, I felt like they were pretty quick as far as transitioning from the old mm-hmm. show to the new. Yeah. Um, I thought that was good. You know, yeah, it only took like a whole lot of maybe time. a minute or two um, mm-hmm. in the old house. So. And it I was felt a like good it, exit, I thought. I, I did yeah. kind of dig that they took them all out on the, the couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's a fairly famous scene from, from the show. That's mm-hmm. probably the most famous scene from Golden Palace is them yeah. being Believe carried it. out on that couch, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. yeah. Within the first minute of the first show. Yeah. Right. Um, everything yeah. else downhill. So I guess. Or are you? I, I don't know if I said. I gave it a six also. Okay. The same thing as, uh, as you were saying. Gotcha. Um, so one of the things. Uh, Rue McClanahan, basically her suggestion or her pitch for it was, you know, just keep it all the same and just bring in a new roommate to replace Dorothy. Oh, God. Like, do you think oh, that yeah? would have been a better show if they had just brought That's, in somebody new? I, that was really her pitch? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And they decided to make it, you know, more different. Coco's <laughs> return. Exactly. <laughs> you bring in Coco or, you know, I think you could bring in Coco or, you know, Clayton or, you yeah. know, somebody. One of yeah. Sophia's brother or sister. Yeah. <laughs> they were in there quite a few times anyway. Yeah. But I think you could do it. I don't know. I think there are ways you could have gone. It would have been better, you know. When you consider it only went for one season, mm-hmm. then yeah, I feel like they could have milked more longevity out of it had they mm-hmm. gone that route instead. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who they, again. Bring back Debbie Reynolds. Yeah, I mean, it, they could have either brought another woman in there or if they really wanted to change it up but not change it up too much. Yeah, they could have brought in a man or, mm-hmm. you know, something. Yeah, slightly different, or a young person, you <laughs> know, like an actual. Brent, Brent. They, they could have adopted Jenny Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> you would have hated that. Right. Uh-huh. I was thinking they could have made your uh, entire season happy and bring in Kirsten. 
Oh, Rose's daughter. Rose's daughter. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you were clearly a big fan. That's why. they're going to bring in Barbara. Oh. Yeah, that's what I, that was what I was <laughs> thinking. I was, yeah, sorry. That's too. what I was thinking in my head. <laughs> Who did you say? Jenny Lewis? Yeah. Who's that? The Sunshine Cadet that... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been really great, too, yeah. actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they could have gone some different ways and kept it more the same. I get why they did decide to go mm-hmm. a bit different. Uh, honestly, yeah. like, there are concepts in Season 7 that had been done so yeah. many different times. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that said, in this, by the third episode, they're rehashing concepts again. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I will say... I don't, I don't. I guess that's spoilers for what's upcoming. So I'll revisit it next week, maybe. Okay. So, uh, but overall, I mean, a, a solid start to the series. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll be looking forward to you know going through the rest of it. I hope everybody sticks around with us. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be very curious to see what our listenership does once these come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if it'll stay more or less the same because it's not like it's ever been huge anyway. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if it'll more or less stay the same or if people will be like, eh, yeah. I don't care anymore. I, I mean, on the bright side, there's only a finite number of listeners we can lose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we, the flip side of that is though, if we lose three, that's a huge percentage. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's far less, less room between us and zero and us and success. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so. I meant to check this. So you guys have been on Wikipedia sites for... I've been there, yeah. Well, no, I'm saying for the Golden Girls, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, at some time or another, yeah. So uh, I've got seasons one through seven and Golden Palace now kind of downloaded as bookmarks on my uh, desktop. Okay. Okay. And I've used those as this is reference and stuff when I'm doing my recaps. Okay. Uh, One thing that they uh, show on the uh, Wikipedia page is listenership. Okay. Right? Or not listenership, like... Viewership. yeah, Yeah, thank you. And uh, so I wanted to look and compare how many viewers were on like the last episodes of Golden Girls and how many transitioned to the first episode of Golden Palace. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'll uh, do that for next week or something. Oh, okay. We're on the first episode of Golden Palace, so it's appropriate. Say, say what? We're no, I'm saying episode. I don't remember. I didn't remember to look. Oh, okay. Well, so. <laughs> I did. Um, you did? I didn't memorize the numbers, but it's, it's a steep drop off. No, no. I mean, it's comparable. I think it's up slightly, even. I want to say. Like the finale, like 15, 16 million. Okay. And I want to say the premiere of Golden Palace is like between 16 and 18 million. Oh, wow. All right. With that being said, though, if we had the same conversation, you know, 24 weeks from now, <laughs> as far as <laughs> viewership goes, it is lower. <laughs> well, I hope that our... I'm uh, guessing that is why there was not season two. <laughs> I hope our, our series has an uptick itself, but I would be shocked if yeah. it does. That's one thing I was thinking about. Like, if people are still listening and they don't care and owe the Golden Palace, then it becomes more about us. So I feel like that a, <laughs> a serious drop in listenership is a lot more about us than anything else. Well, I'm hoping that, I don't know what the other Golden Girl podcasts do, mm. but I'd like to think most of them didn't do Golden Palace. So we're breaking new ground. So you've got all those Golden Girl podcast listeners who've been jonesing for some <laughs> right, for <laughs> Golden Palace, Palace yeah. content. <laughs> We are being jackasses about it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, well, anybody who's listened to this one, I hope you stick with us for the next 23 episodes. Um, And uh, I do, uh, you know, I don't know. I've I've enjoyed it, and I'm glad we're doing this season. Thank you. Me too. It's probably closer to 26 episodes with the Oh, well, there's a lot more when it comes to the... When there's the recap, and then I think I figured out that we'll end up having like six playoff episodes at the end that'll wrap everything up as we name it. Um, Brent's 
not got an excited look on his face about that, but I think he's I think he's come to accept it. Um, exactly. So, so yeah. So you've got I don't know. Just said it before. I've said it again. You always hurt the ones you love. <laughs> so you can't argue week, with corporate brands. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'd like left. to change my MVP. <laughs> Line of the night, right there. <laughs> I'm just glad I made you guys sign that um, no strike in your contract. <laughs> yeah. I like to think that uh, the uh, you know corporate owners of like all the TV shows and st- or stations are like listening to podcasts like feverishly, mm-hmm. seeing what they can steal right. from content. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, anyways, uh, do you guys have anything else before we wrap this one up? I'm good. I think I'm good. All right. Well. Uh, oh. Go ahead. Should it have the same ending, or is it? Oh yeah. Change? Well, I thought I thought we would maybe do a, a little combo ending, but you jumped on it already. So now uh, you, sorry, now you, sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, now you'll know what to expect. Something new here. So, anyways, something new each week. No, this will be something that I think will endure for the rest of the season. <laughs> exactly, because um, I like it, but you two may not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited now. <laughs> All right. Well. uh to happiness, to life, to us. <laughs> Stay golden, Coco. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.